the Dutch guy who painted Starry Night and cut off his ear. It's probably what most people think about when they hear the name Van Gogh. And side note, I know that's not the technical pronunciation of his name, it's more like Van Gogh, but I'm just going to go with Van Gogh because that's what most people know. So this is interesting because, and I'm going to credit BuzzFeed Unsolved, I saw an episode about something like, how did he die? And I thought that, you know, he might have killed himself, but I also, I wasn't completely sure. And I thought, you know, maybe it was like tuberculosis or some kind of disease. Um, And while the question centers around his death, I really do want to talk about his life. Um, I've always liked him, but I have such a different view now. I think he is incredible, and I just really wish people knew more about him. Um, It even inspired me to watch the Oscar-nominated movie Loving Vincent, which is amazing. Like, I could not recommend it enough. So I'm going to be talking about Vincent Van Gogh, life and death. But I want you to kind of ask yourself if you really knew who he was. Vincent van Gogh was born on March 30, 1853 in the Netherlands to church minister Theodorus van Gogh and Anna Carbentis. This was not Anna's first pregnancy. About a year earlier, she gave birth to a stillborn boy named Vincent. So ultimately, the Vincent we know was technically their second Vincent, though he is the oldest sibling because sadly the first one, you know, didn't make it. His younger brother, Theo, who was named after his father, was born four years later, and the two were extremely close, and you will hear about their relationship in more detail later on in the episode. When he turned 16, Vincent began working as a clerk for an art dealer in The Hague that was owned by family friends. What's interesting is that this job seemed to be more of a job from opportunity and didn't really seem to stem from any interest in art. His younger brother, Theo, ended up working for the same company as well. Throughout the years, Vincent worked in London, Brussels, and Paris. Though in 1876, Vincent was dismissed from the company. And although I couldn't really find the exact reasoning, I don't think that this was on bad terms. It just sounds like it was his time to go. He moved back home with his parents, and I've seen a few different, um, I guess, responses to this but that he might have viewed himself as a failure. Um, He tried his hand at teaching, he was a book clerk, and he even went to school to attempt to be a minister like his father, but ultimately that didn't work out. At some point, he ended up living with coal miners in Belgium, and he was known to sleep on the floor and give away his possessions despite not having much to begin with. He was locally nicknamed the Christ of the Coal Mine. When corresponding with his brother Theo, he sent many sketches with his letters. Theo advised him to follow his passions and concentrate more on drawing. His parents were not too pleased with this, almost even a little embarrassed by it, but Theo was willing to support him. Because Vincent no longer had a source of income, Theo sent him money. Vincent fell in love with one of his models, Sien, who was pregnant and already had a five-year-old daughter. Though Theo did not approve, he continued to support Vincent financially. 
Eventually, the relationship was not working out, and Vincent broke it off. And just so you know, she was pregnant with somebody else's kid, not Vincent's. In a letter from Vincent to Theo, he wrote, quote, I knew the outset that her character is a ruined character, but I had hopes of finding her feet now, precisely when I don't see her anymore and think about the things I saw in her, I increasingly come to realize that she was already too far gone to find her feet, end quote. In 1884, Vincent started painting watercolors when he was 31 years old. The following year, he painted Potato Eaters, which you might not recognize from the title, but may seem familiar upon the visual. He began studying art at Antwerp Academy and eventually moved to Paris, where he met many influential Impressionist artists. Vincent's work started to become brighter and more vivid. He rented a room in a house in Arlay with French artist Paul Gauguin. Though this would make things even more expensive, Theo was willing to continue to support him. In a letter that Theo wrote, he said, quote, So, Gauguin's coming. That will make a big change in your life. I hope that your efforts will succeed in making your house a place where artists will feel at home. End quote. Their collaborations were truly amazing works of art, but the two had very different thought processes, often leading to heated arguments. Gauguin threatened to leave, and the pressure became too much for Vincent. He became so distraught that he threatened Gauguin with a razor. Later that night, which was December 23, 1888, the infamous ear cutting took place. What I didn't know, and obviously they left this out of school, was that he wrapped his ear in a newspaper and gave it to a prostitute as a present. Needless to say, she didn't respond to the way that maybe he would have liked. Vincent was admitted to the hospital and Theo rushed down to Paris when he heard the news. In a letter back home to his wife, Theo says, quote, I found Vincent in the hospital in Orlais. The people around him realized from his agitation that for the past few days he had been showing symptoms of that most dreadful illness of madness and an attack hot fever when he injured himself with a knife was the reason he was taken to the hospital. Will he remain insane? The doctors think it possible, but daren't yet say for certain, end quote. Vincent voluntarily checked himself into a mental hospital after this moment and he continued painting. Though his mental health fluctuated, he tried to stay focused on art. That year, he made about 150 paintings. So this is something to also keep in mind that he only stayed for one year, where I guess some people, including myself, assume that maybe he was sent there against his own will, um, and that he stayed for many years, possibly until his death, but that was not the case. In January of 1890, his brother Theo had a baby with his wife, who they touchingly named Vincent in his honor and appreciation. Only months later, on July 27th, Vincent shot himself and died two days later at age 37. About six months later, his brother Theo died of illness. The commonly accepted story is that on July 27th, 1890, Vincent walked into a wheat field and shot himself in the chest with a pistol. He was wounded and staggered back to his room. His brother Theo rushed from Paris again and was present when his brother died of his injuries two days later on July 29th. So on the day of the 27th, Vincent left his room and brought his easel and art supplies with him to a wheat field. 
He came back later without his supplies, staggering and with his jacket zipped all the way up. And keep in mind, this is July, so this is weird because it's very hot. And he stumbled back to his room. Gustave Raveau, the owner of the room that Vincent was staying in, asked him what happened. Vincent responded that he wounded himself. Raveau then saw a bullet hole under his ribs. There is a theory that Van Gogh's death was murder, and this first surfaced in 2011 in a book by two American authors, Naifa and Smith. They believe that Van Gogh was shot in the abdomen by a 16-year-old named Rene, who I will explain a little bit more about later, and that he stumbled back to his hotel room and died from his wounds. Theo, who rushed his brother's bedside and talked to him in his last 12 hours, was convinced, though, that it was suicide. Three days after Vincent's death, he wrote a letter to his wife, quote, One of his last words was, This is how I wanted to go. And it took a few moments, and then it was over, and he found the peace he hadn't been able to find on Earth. End quote. So here's what's weird. They never found the gun. At least, no one found it until 1960. A farmer found the gun abandoned in a wheat field, so that's where they assume that he suffered the wound. It's not 100% sure that it is the Van Gogh gun, but it is very likely. On a side note, this gun was auctioned in June of 2019 for 162,500 euros. Apparently, the angle at which he was shot seems to be impossible for someone to do to oneself. There's also something about the size of the wound and the fact that the gun would have had to have been fired from a distance. The thing is, no autopsy was ever conducted. Van Gogh previously vocalized his thoughts on suicide being a wicked sin, but I do understand that opinions and ideas change and he could have been in an alternate state of mind. Here are some questions, though. 1. If he was planning to shoot himself, why bring all of his supplies? 2. Why shoot himself in the abdomen? 3. Why could no one find his supplies or belongings or the gun afterwards? Anyways, I mentioned Renee in the past and I wanted to get back to this. Um, so this is kind of sad, but a lot of boys bullied Vincent and played pranks on him, which were probably difficult for him, but he always seemed to just chalk it up to they were boys doing what boys do. Um, and one of these boys we'll be focusing on is Renee. And it's quoted that he said, our favorite game was making him angry, which was easy. He referring to Vincent. His brother was an aspiring artist and admired Vincent, which is why Vincent kind of shook everything off. Just like the annoying little brother was part of the deal of the friendship. Renee was obsessed with the Wild West and bought a whole outfit of Western clothing, including a gun, a real gun. Is it possible that Renee shot him with the gun? Most likely accidentally. This is the theory that's been brought up. So why would Vincent not tell the truth then? Well, people are beginning to think that he was covering for Renee. What you believe about Vincent's death is for you to decide. But I contest there's no debate that Van Gogh had a tremendous impact in the art world. Vincent Van Gogh, and this one is the son of Theo, loaned his uncle's paintings to a museum, and as his, his fame grew, there were calls for the collection to be placed in a museum dedicated to him. So on June 2nd, 1973, the Van Gogh Museum was created in Amsterdam. 
And I've been to this museum and it was amazing. It was so cool to see it and experience it. Two million people visit the museum every year. And I wanted to end this episode with a quote from Vincent to Theo from 1888. Quote, I can do nothing about it if my paintings don't sell. The day will come, though, when people will see that they're worth more than the cost of the paint and my substance, very meager in the fact that we put into them. End quote. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe even learned something. Please remember to follow on Instagram at Don't Even Ask, and I'll be showcasing a bunch of different works from Vincent Van Gogh. All right, see you next time.